Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. One, two, three, four, five. Good to be with you. Did you look at First uh, Kings chapter eighteen, verse thirty, and it goes all the way to verse forty. So, uh, ten verses that deals with rebuilding the altar of God. Let us pray, Heavenly Father. We thank you for this another opportunity to share the word with the people of God that listens to this channel from all over the world to anywhere in Brazil to China to uh, to the Europe and, and to England and to Wales. God, I just pray that they will be able to hear the word of the Lord from this man of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, verses 30 to verses 40 talks about rebuilding the altar of God. By the way, the rebuilding simply means that in the place to where we're dealing with it now, which is Mount Carmel, was a place that worshipped God. So they're not doing a new altar. They're rebuilding it. The altar of God. Look, Take a look. And Elijah said unto the people, Come near unto me. Come near unto me. Now that's the first, first move of the prophet in terms of crowd control. Because that wouldn't come from the Baal worshippers. The Baal worshippers were deceiving people. Nobody would come to them. They stayed far away because it was more superstition, more fear than anything else. See, Baal is the god of the elements, the fire, the sun, the rain. And no wonder God stopped the rain in that area. So the people of God would learn a lesson. And so he's rebuilding the altar against a God that proclaims to be the God of the elements, the God of the rain, the God of the water, the God of the forest, fires, and all of that. So he brings a word to the people because in that particular time there were representatives there of all Israel, of every synagogue, of every tribe, of every, and Jerusalem specifically, the leadership of of the Jewish nation, which was in despair and agony, lost. If you study Israel during that time, they were without God because the Baal mentality took over. Listen to me. The Baal mentality took over. The woke mentality took over. And so Israel is in terrible shape. Expect America, if not changed, to have difficult times ahead. Expect America to face. The only way to return is to rebuild the altar of the Lord. Now, the altar of the Lord is rebuilt. Then the cross takes primary element. And the power of the cross follows after the cross. And that's the message that, that I preach. Amen. And so, Elijah said unto the people, Come near me. Come near means 
I want to see the white of your eyes. I want you to come close. And all the people came near him. <laughs> so, you begin to realize that uh, the great prophet is in control of crowd movements. How many people? Oh, thousands. I told you I had the privilege of being in that spot. Not specifically on the spot at Mount Bethel where the fire came from heaven. But I sat on a rock who was putrefied, burned to crisp by the fire of God. Because the fire of God came in a powerful way. There are white rocks with holes in it, in all black. It means only fire could have done that. And of course, from the view that I had was the valley of Jezreel Valley, which is the valley of Armageddon. And I saw that, which is 60, 60 miles by 60 miles square where the armies of, of evil will come against God and He will put His feet at the Mount of Olives and blow. And uh, it will be more blood. Uh, blood will come up to the horse's bridle, meaning that they will be defeated and lost in the millions. But let's take a look now and return to First Kings chapter 18, verse 30 to 40. And the people came near him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. Notice that it says the altar of the Lord. So the altar, it's important what I'm telling you, because if you don't understand that way, you think that uh, they, they build a new altar, or that Baal is the place. To, this is a place where the people of God worship God in the past. So the altar is a type of the cross. A type of the coming cross and what Jesus would do there in Jerusalem. And also, is in disrespair. It's in, it's in chaos. To rebuild it, there are several things that need to be done. Let's go to verse 31. And Elijah took twelve stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be your name. Now, why would uh, the great prophet use twelve stones to to, sim to bring back the twelve tribes of Israel uh, as, as he's dealing with uh, a, a Baal mentality throughout the country? It's because when you look what God has done and you proclaim the miracles that happened between the people of God coming out of Egypt, you remind the people that the twelve tribes of Israel did get the promised land by the hand of God. The destruction of, of Jericho was by the hand of God. And as they crossed from the east side of the River Jordan, three miles ahead, a group of, 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 of servants of the Lord, priests of the Lord, took twelve stones and they put it on, on the edge of the Jordan River. And they celebrated the power of God of the past. Is it good to remember what God has done in the past? Oh, yes. And they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. We don't have to go to the initial beginning of all of this, which is a sacrificial system. We begin at the cross. Christians begin at the cross. The Jewish people begin at the giving of the law at the 40 years of the desert's experience 
in which Charlotte didn't die except Caleb and, and, and who else? Except Caleb and Joshua. And so what I'm saying to you is that if you're a Christian, you begin at the cross. Our beginning is at the cross. The Jewish people begins with the 12 stones, which is uh, what God has done in the 12 tribes and the brought out of Egypt and coming out of Egypt in the, in the 400 years of bondage. We begin with the cross. That's our point. of, In other words, as we recognize the cross, we rebuild the altar. He took 12 stones, according to the tribes of the son of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be your name. That's the history. Now, this is Elijah at Mount Carmel. And with stones, he builds an altar. And with stones, he built an altar. He repaired the altar. Because the location was already a place of honor and mighty and, 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 and a holy place of God. So Mount Carmel is a holy place of God even today. Now, 1 Peter 1.18, and I think that's what it is, 1 Peter 1.18, that's an interesting verse, and I want to share it with you. Go to your Bible in 1 Peter, verse 18, 1, 18 and 20. It says this, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold, from your vain conversation, lifestyle, received by tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ. You're redeemed with the precious... This is the Apostle Peter. He says, you were redeemed by the precious blood of Christ. And so, sanctity, holiness, power. You probably ask me, what is the power of the Holy Spirit? Is the power of the cross. If you understand the cross, then you understand the power of the cross, which is the empowerment, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you've never been baptized with the Holy Spirit, it's okay. But if you're serving the Lord in places that God can use you mightily, you need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Listen to me. It is, it is the benefit of the cross. It is the power of the cross of Calvary. So, I have said it. As of a lamb without blemish and without spot, referring to the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Okay, let's, let's go back to 1 Kings chapter 18, verses, verses uh, uh, 30, 32. In which stones he built an altar. And he made a trench about the altar. As of a great as would contain two measures of seed. It's talking about two measures of seed as to the depth of the trench. Now, the trench wasn't to simply just uh, 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 separate the people from, from the fire. But the trench is symbolized by water as to the sanctity of what God is going to use. Remember the consecration of the priests before they begin to move into the tabernacle of Moses in the Sinai desert, in the Medium desert. God asked Moses and Aaron to wash the priests. 
Water symbolizes cleansing. We don't sprinkle anymore. We baptize by immersion. We don't touch. It will create a lot of problems with times of service. It will create a lot of problems in terms of how long do, do the preacher has to proclaim the Word. And the people want to go home in an hour and they don't want anything else. But God requires the water. And so, the water here is a symbol of holiness and sanctity. Now, a trench as deep as two measures of seed. And so, it was a mighty altar. And he put the wood in order to find the cross. Now, the wood in order needs to be in certain ways. You don't build an altar by throwing wood and make a pile of wood like we do when we want to have a fun in the middle of the night and do, and do s'mores. It's in order. The planks of wood had to be in a certain order because God requires holiness. Now, in the old days, during the times of Baal, the priests of Baal, as they put all the wood into place, would leave a space to climb from the left corner and the blind corner and go inside and lit the fire by physical means. But the fire in the altar that the great prophet is building here, there's no access to the bottom so the Baal people would make false fire. And so when you study the Scriptures, the order has a lot to do with creating an altar that is the true altar. No fake altar. No robbing people. No no, no false fire. And he said he cut the bullocks in pieces, typifying the death of Christ. Because he was wounded for our transgressions. And laid him on the wood and said, Fill four bearers with water. Water simply means four means four corners of the compass, referring to the fact that Jesus died for the whole world. John 3.16, and poured it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. And so now, for four barrels of water. And so the trench is filled to the brim. Notice that uh, the trench is outside of the wood formation. And, and, and that simply meant that no one can come in and go through the water and, and put fire from underneath. It has to come from above. Listen, Baal people create scenarios that do not justify the cross of Calvary. Baal people would put the altar of God in dismay and in, 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 in trouble because they falsify the gospel. When Jesus said it is finished, the cross of Calvary is the beginning for every Christian. Every person that loves Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior has to understand the cross. Because the cross, it is the greatest. It wasn't assassination. It wasn't murder. It was a sacrifice of the Lamb, God, that took the sins of the world. 
It wasn't someone killing Jesus. It was a sacrifice. Just And so the people of God in Jerusalem did not understand that. Verse 34, and he said, do it a second time. So they poured water that filled the trenches. And then they poured it again. And so the place was completely filled with water from all four sides. Impossible to lit a fire from underneath. Do it a second time. And then they said, do it a third time. Now you're talking about four barrels of water, which has to be a close to 100 gallons. 300 gallons of water around that altar in order to soak the wood, soak the trench, soak the earth to where no false fire is ignited from the inside. What do you mean by third time? You see, the Lord wants you to know that He desires that you prove Him to see that He will fulfill His will. So when you pray, you pray one time, you pray a second time, you pray a third time. There are three times you're supposed to pray for somebody. There are three times you put oil and pray. Between a period of 30 minutes, you pray three times. And the water round about the altar, and He filled the trench also with water, typifying that all that were saturated with the Word of God, of which water was a type. Water is a symbol of the Word of God. And when you pray for somebody, use water. Many years ago, I don't remember how many, I'd say about ten years ago, I began to ask, the Lord told me, get bottles of water and bring it in my presence. And I did it. And let me tell you this, I cannot understand why I did it. I had no idea. But in Ezekiel chapter 36, God talks about as the people came out of the bondage of of, of, of a Babylon that they should be poured water upon them. The same thing at this very moment. The same thing at the tabernacle of Moses in the Median Desert. God asked that the basins would be filled with water to wash all the priests that were about to serve the Lord. They took their clothes off and they washed them. They scrubbed them. Aaron and Moses scrubbed the in other words, symbolizing the Word of God, to believe in it, to, res- to depend upon it. That Jesus Christ, when He died at the cross, He poured water from His side, symbolizes the water of the Word of God. So, so they did it three times. Three times. Remember this. And so I began pouring water everywhere I went. And people were just sort of a, not stop me. Not a single person came to me and said, Mr. Bonfim, you're out of order. Not a single person. And I did that in at least a, a period of ten years. I remember a time when I preached at a conference called Aldersgate Renew Services. And the Lord told me to bathe the congregation. And I remember that as I began, some of the people in praise and worship run outside and run out of the altar. Meaning, they never should have been there in the first place. You don't offer false worship before God. As I went to Cuba one time, I bathed the whole congregation. I just went up with bottle after bottle after bottle. I don't know what I was doing, but the altar filled with people. 
Cries and tears begin to overflow the sound system. And after a period of four to five hours, the power of God healed, delivered, set free thousands and hundreds of people. You see, I'm so glad that I don't have to be told what to do in order to comprehend and understand. The Lord don't explain to me what to do. And I believe that at this particular time, Elijah is hearing from God directly. As if God is saying, get that piece of wood, get this piece of wood, put it in this place. No, that place and that's the way. Change it over here. Go get some water. Now, this is a time of unbelievable famine in a time of a drought. Why would God use water on His altar? Because He is the God of creation, not the God of the elements. You see, the Baal people simply just question any other God because He could control. Baal can control. Control the sun, the heat, the fire, the water. But under the God of Israel, under Jehovah God of Israel, He controls the water. For His altar, there's got to be water. For His service, there's got to be water. So where did the water come from? I have no idea. But I can tell you this. He produced that water. Well, look at Jesus. In the first miracle of the canon of Galilee, in the marriage ceremony that took place in Cana of Galilee, Jesus required those who served all the wine to fill four barrels of water and then transform the water into wine. Look at the value of water. Look what God is doing with water. And so I'm saying to you that when Jesus came to John the Baptist, He was, he was baptized in the water and not sprinkled. Why sprinkle is a serious problem? Because the Bible never told anybody to sprinkle. They told to baptize. And baptism, according to Jesus, is immersion. And you have to set up a service, special service, to baptize all those who have not been baptized by water. You see, the sanctuary of the Lord has to be used according to His purpose and plans. Not according to how you feel or how you want it. The sanctity of the sanctuary of the Lord has to incorporate that which pleases the Lord and not please people. And when you begin to please people, you begin to lose the presence of God. And I'm warning you, do not quench the Holy Spirit of God for which you call in the day of redemption. Hallelujah. 300 gallons. 300 gallons of water. Now think about 300 gallons of milk. As you go, that's a lot of water. That's a lot of water. And so, listen to this. It came to pass at the time of the, of the offering and the evening sacrifice. You see the evening time of the sacrifice all over the medium desert. As the sacrificial system was established by Aaron and Moses, given by the Lord, the offering, the evening sacrifice was holy, was pure before God. As it took place in Jerusalem, God would come from heaven with fire and thunder and lightning, colors of amber and red and white and yellow all mixed together. And people could see for miles around Mount Moriah on fire for the Lord. 
And so that Elijah, that the people came near. Now, he already asked him to come near once. You remember, in the beginning of verse 30, Come near unto me, said Elijah, verse 30, chapter 18, 1 Kings. But in this place here, he asked, asked them to come a little near. Let me read it. It came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God of Israel and that I am your servant and that I have done all these things at your word. So what do you mean by him coming near? He's already near. He got close to the fire. Now listen to this. If you are cooking marshmallows down the street on your backyard, you stay away from that fire. That fire can burn your face, can burn your hands. And so most of the fires that are done on an evening, such as in the summertime at a camp, is very controlled. But this fire is, is coming from heaven. And Elijah loves this fire. That is why he came near the altar. It's a dangerous thing. But the fire of God will not hurt anybody. The power of the Holy Spirit will not intimidate you. The fire and the presence of the Holy Spirit of God will bless your life abundantly. And you begin to realize that God has a purpose for your life. Look at, uh, look at this verse. I want to read it again so you get the feeling, the idea of it. It came to pass, means the clock. It took a while. It took several hours between the time of the evening sacrifice. So what's happening here? You're talking about thousands of people deciding which one we're going to go for. My boy is going to bail. I'm going to, to, to the, the cross. I'm going to the God of Israel. I'm going to Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, my provider, my sufficiency, my power. I'm going to Baal. And Baal had a bunch of names. Baal had names. One of the names of Baal was Baal Zebub. Baal Zebub, which is the god of the flies. And so there's many names about, about, the, about Baal. But they came, that Elijah the prophet came near. He came near because God told him to get near. He didn't come near for them to see him. He came near to be with the Lord. You can do all you want until God begins to speak to you and you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit telling you what you need to do. When your flesh decides what you need to say, you are out of what I order. We're not looking for a sophisticated preacher who has fine words, but there's no power in it. You can proclaim the Word without power. And you can proclaim the Word with power. And Elijah knew that the power of God is about to be displayed, so he came near. Now what he says now, pay attention, look to this. Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel. So he mentioned Abraham and he mentioned Isaac. Of course, Isaac had two sons, Jacob and Esau. And Jacob is the one 
They prophesied over the twelve tribes. So you, you, you covered the past. Let it be known this day. Meaning, I want everybody to hear that this day things are going to change. This altar is of the Lord again. And you can come here and meet God. I want to remind you that this day, this sanctuary is anointed and consecrated to God, not for the purpose of rhetoric, but for the purpose of the power of God to be displayed in the lives of people. That's a different change. Let it be done known to this day that you are God of Israel again, and that I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. I told you. I told you. During this whole thing, God is talking to, to, to Elijah <laughs> on his ear. Get that piece of wood. Get this piece of wood. Put it all together here. <laughs> can he talk to you that way? Yes, he can. You don't have to hear God to somebody else. You can hear God directly speaking to you. Hear me, O Lord. Hear me that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back again. Hear me, Lord. Hear me, Lord. You see, He is elevating God. The presence of the Holy Spirit is all over the place. And He is elevating God and telling, telling them, Hear me, Lord. Now, verse 38. I'm going to go a few minutes above the time required here on our, on our ministry uh, latter rain. Then the fire of the Lord fell. Only then. You have to repair the altar in such a way that it pleases God. And when you repair the altar that's been a powerful altar in the past, they didn't rebuild a new altar. They repaired it. Then the fire of the Lord Fell. Now, what do you mean by the word fell? It means, it means the only way to fall is coming from above down. You can say the fire of the Lord came. He can come from underneath. That's the Baal way of worshiping. But this fire fell from heaven. And that's what we want. You don't want earthly indications. Liberal and dead work theology. You can't serve the Lord until you accept the cross of Calvary. And you re- re- receive the power of Calvary, which is the Holy Spirit of God. You can't have it. You want the cross without the power. And consumed. Now, consumed is the word that I want you to think. Consumed. The burnt sacrifice. The Bulick. Cut, cut and, and quartered to put it, the meat just disappeared. And the wood. And the stones. And the dust. Licked up the water that was in the trench. 300 gallons of water were evaporated out of that mountain. Anything on that altar was taken by the Lord. God was just so hungry to get His people back. That he didn't leave no piece of wood left. He didn't leave a nature, one, 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 one drop of water. He, 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 he took everything that was there and <laughs> took it up. 
And that's the power of the Holy Spirit. He wants to consume you and release you from all the things that you are having no control of because the devil is not rejected and you don't use the authority of the cross or the power of God to reprimand it. And when all the people saw it, that is why he came and told them to get near. They fell on their faces and said, Lord, He is God, the Lord, He is God. Not Baal, but Jehovah. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray that this word will permeate the hearts of those that heard it. I pray, God, that uh, this small channel, Lord, that's uh, obscured and, and not many people pay attention to it, be used by Your glory and honor to bring conviction in the hearts of those people that are worshiping Baal right now. Right now. In the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit of God, I reprimand you, Baal. I come against you with the forces of the Holy Spirit and the cross of Calvary over my face. And I say to you, be gone out of this place. Be gone of our environment. Be gone out of America as a country. In the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I believe. Amen. Come